and as I was absolutely heartbroken uh, after her loss, uh, a friend of mine uh, reminded me uh, of how one uh, one's passing can mean a chance uh, at life for someone else in need. Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts, learn from them, listen to their war stories, celebrate their wins, and laugh at the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. Welcome to the Cat Explorer Podcast. I'm Hasara. And I'm Daniel. We're so excited for today's episode, the last episode of Season 7. We're learning all about adopting cats internationally in the European Union, what it's like to have a blind cat and cat exploring with them. And as this is the last episode for Season 7, we'd love to say a huge thank you to the amazing Cat Explorer producers. Roxy the Kitty, Ziggy and Charlie, Luna Misty Blue, Adami, Mac, Patch and Ava, Bowie the Siberian, and Chester and Perry. Without these wonderful cat explorers, we really could not have made this season. And talking about amazing cat explorers, here's our chat with Krista. I think it would be an understatement to say that today's guest has a heart of gold. We've always been super impressed with how she goes cat exploring with her two blind cats, Kira and Cahill. While researching for today's interview, we discovered all about her other cats as well, dogs and chinchillas. We're so excited to chat to Krista today. Welcome to the podcast, Krista. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so, we've got a couple of cats that we'd like to talk about, but let's start with Kira. How did she come into your life? Uh, okay, so uh, Kira is my first blind cat. Um, she's a two-year-old girl, a very sassy one. Uh, she's independent and stubborn. Uh, she wants to do things herself and uh, won't, for example, let me carry her anywhere in my arms. Uh, but she's also very sweet and kind and something really special. Um, she's slightly long-haired, uh, so she handles our winters here better than most Finnish cats do. Um, I got her from Cyprus in uh, 2018. Um, back then, I had just lost my oldest uh, cat to acute kidney failure. Uh, and as I was absolutely heartbroken uh, after her loss, uh, a friend of mine uh, reminded me uh, of how one uh, one's passing can mean a chance uh, at life for someone else in need. And so I went online uh, to look for someone uh, who would need me as much as uh, I needed her. Uh, and since I had previous experience of adopting animals with special needs, uh, I knew I had the time and interest in providing them the best life possible. So offering a home uh, to someone who would have difficulty finding one was a given. Uh, I actually stayed up whole nights uh, going uh, through special needs cats and uh, kittens looking for homes all around the world uh, until I finally found her and I knew I was done searching. Uh, this tiny, hardly two-month-old, uh, completely blind kitten from Cyprus was it. Wow. Like I said before, heart of gold. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, you know, that journey that you went on to get Kira. So you mentioned Cyprus and the point that I want to make is you don't live in Cyprus, you live in Finland. So there's a bit of a story there. Can you tell us about that experience? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, so 
I've actually done a lot of volunteering for a few different uh, organizations here in Finland that arrange adoptions of dogs from Spain. Uh, so I've flown back and forth to escort the dogs here and I've handled giving them to their adoptive families at the airport. And uh, with that background, I felt confident that uh, I knew what it took to, uh, to adopt an animal from abroad. Uh, so with a cat inside EU, uh, that means that uh, the cat has to be microchipped and vaccinated against rabies, of course, uh, at least 21 days before the flight and have a pet passport. Uh, and since you can't vaccinate a cat before the age of 12 weeks, uh, that means they will be at least 16 weeks old when they are ready to fly. So Kira was taken into foster care in Cyprus uh, by this amazing Italian woman called Valeria, uh, who took care of her for those two months. Um, and since there were no flight parents between Cyprus and Finland, I decided to go and get my girl home myself. Uh, which is something uh, I preferred to, since I really wanted to meet her foster mom in person and get to make sure Kira would uh, fly in the cabin. And uh, as far as experiences go, I absolutely loved being there for Kira and wouldn't change it for the world. Even though she did have a nervous stomach that resulted in her having diarrhea on the flight twice. Oh, no. <laughs> Wow. Can you tell us a little bit more that about that flight experience? That's her first flight, so that would have been quite something for her, and obviously it was. Tell us about how that whole experience went. Uh, well, other than that poop incident, <laughs> everything went really, really smoothly. Uh, she was such a pro at the airports. Uh, we had a stopover in Athens. And uh, obviously, I had to spend some time in Cyprus too to wait for our flight. And uh, I had her in my arms uh, all the way to like the airport buses and uh, the runway even. And uh, she was like, like she would have been like, traveling many, many times before. She wouldn't do that now. <laughs> she would be so terrified. But back then, everything was like... It was it was just amazing. Well, I suppose when they're young, they're sort of like a little um, more curious than scared about these sort of experiences, and so they just go with it. And yeah, it's like, well, this is new. I'm not sure what it is, but I'll go with it, and we'll see where this takes me. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, some of that probably had to do with the fact that she's blind, because uh, we would sit in like great uh, big. Um, areas with her and uh, she would just be my on my lap and uh, be fine with like hundreds of people uh, going by and and I assume that if she would have seen everyone she might have been a bit more nervous than she, what she was. <laughs> that makes sense. You mentioned earlier that you've um, been a flight parent to some dogs as well who've been like going internationally as well. How did you find the experience with Kira different to when you were doing it with dogs? Uh, with dogs, uh, there has haven't uh, never has been like any uh, diarrhea incidents, at least. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was uh, definitely a new experience I suppose, for me. Or did you even find it different at all? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably the only difference. Because uh, after that, Kira uh, slept 
uh, through the rest of the flight, which most uh, dogs do as well. And the dogs are a bit nervous when the uh, plane gets up and down uh, from uh, the air. So that was the same with Kira too. Uh, and with Kira, especially, uh, she absolutely hates being in a carrier, like a basic carrier. And she will yell and tell uh, that she wants to get out. So she would do that a lot. Uh, and every minute, if I didn't have my hand in the carrier with her. So I spent that whole seven hour flight with my hand inside the carrier, like bent over <laughs> uh. underneath the uh, seat in front of me. <laughs> but a good point was that you've done this before with dogs and you've done it multiple times such that you knew what you were doing when you were taking Kira and that's not like a foreign new experience. And so you're probably pretty calm about it. Yes, definitely. So I think a good point there was that you've done this before. So you've done this with dogs and so you're pretty well across the process, I believe. And so that you could, you know, show that, show that to Kira that, you know, this is not, not something to be really scared of. And it's not something that, you know, you don't know what you're doing. It's you've already got some experience in this area, and that this is going to be okay. Yeah, that's true. And it's also a lot more stress-free when you're traveling with just one animal that's going uh, to the cabin with you. Because when I uh, escorted dogs, uh, that means having one dog with me in the cabin, and then at least four dogs uh, down in the hole. So. Uh, I was always really nervous about uh, them actually being there. And uh, I would ask at the gate uh, for them to make sure that they actually are there. Because uh, uh, there was an incident when they weren't there. And uh, <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's some stories there. We had to, uh, for example, once uh, my first escort, actually, I had to spend uh, the night in Copenhagen with five dogs. <laughs> because they couldn't be boarded on the next flight because their hold was cold and uh, wouldn't accept animals. Uh, so traveling with just one pet in the cabin is way less stress-free. <laughs> <laughs> wow, like that that would just bring up so much more experiences and so much more challenges. <laughs> one thing, um, and I don't want to be gruesome here, but like you mentioned that Kira had diarrhea. So did that happen while you were on the flight? Did you have, were yes. you able to clean her or did you have to, did she have to be in her diarrhea for the whole flight? <laughs> uh, well, luckily I had packed uh, plastic bags uh, in my carry-on luggage and Valeria had added some baby wipes and extra pads with me. Uh, to switch under her and uh, both incidents uh, happened when we were already in air uh, so I managed to grab Kira and do that switch under her without her getting any mess on herself uh, but the look on the already not cat-friendly passenger next to us was pretty priceless though <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's I, I just wanted to mention that because a lot of Members in our community, like, sadly, sometimes diarrhea and poop incidents are something that we do deal with when we're um, cat exploring. Um, yes. I suppose <laughs> our favourite one that's happened to us is that we were doing a 12-hour drive oh, and no. and we were just, like, it, we thought we'd get home a lot earlier than we did and it was so late and we were really hungry. We stopped at McDonald's to get dinner for us and 
like I think the, what we learned from this lesson was that we were really tired. Like we should have done a stop in between, but we forgot. I feel really horrible saying this. We forgot to feed the cats and we forgot to take, give them their kitty litter. And then we were on a highway and then poor Noxie ended up like having to go in her carrier and she was so upset. And then we ended up having to pull into the next McDonald's and clean it off. <laughs> oh, no. But like it was one of those moments where you're just like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> But um, anyway, that aside. <laughs> it happens. It happens, <laughs> yes, yeah. to the best of us. Yeah. So you mentioned before about Kira being blind. Do you mind explaining how that happened? Uh, no, not at all. Um, so Kira was born on the streets of Cyprus, uh, which is a country of 1.2 million people and 1.5 million homeless cats. Uh, and in feral cat populations, issues with eyesight are quite common. Uh, among both adult cats and their offspring. So Kira's mother has likely been sick with feline herpes or something similar, which can result in kittens born without eyesight. Um, Her right eye is underdeveloped and actually covered with parts of her lower eyelid uh, that has attached to the eye before it ever even opened, which would suggest that she has never seen in her life. Um, Unfortunately, her left eye developed a glaucoma and had to be removed at the age of one. So that means that both eyes were blind, most likely blind at birth. Yes, yes. We know that you also have another cat, well, many cats, but we'll focus on the next cat, which is Kahalil. Can you tell us about him and how he came into your life? Uh, Yes. So uh, Kahlil is my second blind cat. Uh, I got him from the same foster mom, uh, Valeria, uh, through whom I had followed his uh, very first steps in foster care. He was found by a woman who had previously adopted a cat from uh, Valeria locally. Uh, They found him next to their car's tire. And when asked, Valeria, of course, uh, took him in, even though she was already stretched thin with other kittens. Uh, Galil was uh, barely two weeks old at the time and born with bilateral microphthalmia, an eye anomaly characterized by small eyes uh, that commonly have additional abnormalities, including cataracts. Uh, in his case, likely due to a virus infection during uh, fetal development. So he was completely blind from birth, like Gira had been. I adopted him in 2019, so he's a year old now. He's our poet uh, who will stop at every tree he finds and will take his time while Gira speeds forward. Um, he's cheeky mischievous and stubborn uh, but unlike Gira he will let me carry him everywhere and actually prefers getting help uh, when he needs to get down from high places he has no trouble climbing too. Wow he sounds like a yeah very fun cat and also a, a handful I must say. <laughs> <laughs> that he, that he is. <laughs> so with like like with Kira you flew with Kali very early on what was that like? Amazing. Uh, I loved seeing Valeria, who had become my dear friend by that point, uh, and all her foster kittens again. And Galil was the easiest travel companion I've ever had. He mostly just purred and slept through the whole uh, six and a half hour flight, including uh, the lift off. So no diarrhea? No, no diarrhea this time, (laughs) even though I was very, very well uh, prepared for another incident, but nothing this time. Lesson (laughs) learned. Yes. 
so then, besides those two cats, you've also got some other cats and pets. Can you tell us about them as well? Uh, sure. So, uh, in addition to Kira and Kahlil, I also have three Finnish rescue cats. Uh, there are seniors. So, Mithra is 17, uh, Mithmit is 16, and Tehanu is 11. Uh, and then there's our three-legged Spanish rescue dogs, uh, Saarse and Freya. And uh, we also have uh, two elderly chinchillas called Vanya and Tan. It must be a party in your household. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, like I've had like 15 animals at some point, so this feels like very, very little. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm very impressed. <laughs> well, uh, that was uh, back when I had like hamsters and uh, guinea pigs and bunnies and so uh, more like small animals. So. <laughs> so, what's it been like to live with all these animals? Like, what's the experience like? Do they all get along? Yes, they do. Uh, well, the chinchillas obviously uh, don't get along with a couple of the cats, uh, but most with most, yes. Uh, and uh, it's just great. I love, <laughs> I love my whole life being about the animals, but it has gotten busy at times. <laughs> lots of cleaning, it. lots of cleaning. I can only imagine cleaning, feeding is probably <laughs> what you do a lot of. Yes. So I want to take it back to your two blind cats. What's been your biggest surprise about having blind cats? Um. I think that would have to be how stubborn they are around my food and how actively they participate in absolutely everything I do. Uh, if I'm arranging a cupboard and piling on stuff on the floor, uh, they'll be climbing on that pile and into the cupboard as well. Uh, if I'm washing the dishes, they'll be walking underneath my arms and sitting by the sink. And if I'm taking a shower myself, they'll both be there with me <laughs> every single time. <laughs> uh, I'd say one blind cat equals at least five-sided cats. They're just everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like similar to our two Lumos and Noxie in that they want to be in everything. Like you do, like you open a cu cupboard, they're there. They're trying to look into the cupboard. <laughs> You you go and you know get a new delivery or something. You open it, they're there. You you're in a room, they're there. Like they're waiting outside the. You're in a room, you close the door, they're outside the door waiting for you. It's it's yes, very that sounds, cute, I have that to say. Very familiar, yes. It's it's very cute and it it's a good like it just shows how much they love you and it just I, it warms my heart, I must say. But it's also sometimes, practically speaking, a little annoying. <laughs> yeah, it can be. Now, talking about the house, how have you set up, if at all, in, um, for the house differently to cater for Kira and Kahilu? Uh, well, before uh, I got Kira home, I made sure that uh, the arrangements of all our furniture would be as functional as possible for a long run, uh, since I knew I wouldn't be changing their places from that point on. Um, in everyday life, it's all about keeping all surfaces free, uh, free of clutter. Uh, so I never leave anything out of place anywhere. And I make sure that the chairs stay where they are. And if there's a door that has to be kept open, it's always open the same amount. So the cats know where the door is. And have you had, how have you had to teach them about heights and so forth? Um, well, uh, 
with the cat tree uh especially uh i did like because there's so many things i don't have to teach them at all they just go about it and learn uh themselves but um the cat tree is something i've actively trained uh for them both uh because i think it was the first or the second day when Kira was home uh when she climbed well i I teach her like where it is and uh that she could climb it and she got so excited that she climbed like all the way to the top of it and uh it's a ceiling height cat tree so <laughs> then I got terrified over how she was going to get down from there but she's really good at um taking cues from me so uh I have some like sounds i will make with my hands uh to let her know like where there's a platform underneath her or if there's a treat uh on the floor she can eat i'll tap the floor and uh if i'm offering my hand to her i'll uh rub my fingers uh, uh against each other so she can hear where my hand is and not get spooked by it uh so with the cat tree i would uh tap and like uh, pet the uh platforms to let her know where it was and scratch the uh rope and that's how she learned uh every and I like I teach her a certain um route she could take to get from one platform to another to get down and she learned that very well uh Kahlil has been a bit of a different case because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh he doesn't trust uh going down from anywhere uh unless he can actually uh feel the surface under him so if it's too high for him he won't come down at all he has learned the catries by uh going backwards like uh, on the ropes like those poles he will come uh down the same way he went up so he's kind of unteachable in that way cuz he he won't trust <laughs> trust it if i tell her uh, him where there is a platform underneath him well i think the points you make there are that each cat is different in how they learn and that they'll learn their own different ways and they'll adapt it to the way that will work for them the best and the point there also is that they're very capable and able like the, the fact that you know their blind cats doesn't stop them from climbing and they'll find ways to do it and they just need a little bit of help from yourself and you've tailored that training to <clears throat> match the way they will learn which is great and i think it just if you set up things in a certain way for these guys yeah it, it will work fine like what you mentioned before keeping your um counters free of clutter and then also keeping doors the same width and stuff just, just to help them learn that which Yeah, I just love to see it. I think it's great because these guys are very very capable as I've shown and they're they're a bundle of joy and there's so much energy and I just can't I I can't speak um I just can't speak more highly of them like watching them has been inspirational. Yeah, well that they are and they really are capable of doing everything any sighted cat would do and if you if you'd see them in a surrounding that's familiar to them you wouldn't even know they are blind. And one thing that you said that just kind of 
I feel silly that it hit out to me, but it makes sense, is that you actually thought about where your current furniture is and made sure that it was in the right spot for you so that you don't have to move it around. Like, um, to be honest, I wouldn't have thought of that. But it makes sense, right, in the long run and stuff like that. So I just wanted to mention that if anyone else is thinking of getting a blind cat, that's just something to think about long term. Yeah, yeah. It's better to think that before the cat comes than after it. Because, of course, I can switch around our furniture. When we got our cat wheel, we had to uh, move some uh, furniture in the bedroom to uh, make room for it. But And it uh, they learn very quickly uh, the new new like uh, arrangement of furniture if you do move them but it's heartbreaking to see them assume that something is where they're uh no they should it should be and it isn't there anymore so it's better if you don't have to like do everything you can to avoid having to uh switch anything around and it'll just be so much easier for them so let's switch gears a little bit now and talk about cat exploring what kind of cat exploring do you do with your kitties uh, well, we mostly explore the forests and lake sites close to home, uh, but we've also finally gone camping with them a couple of times. Uh, we do aim to be outside with them every day from an hour to a few, uh, less during winter, of course. Um, I think neither would really get anything out from cycling, for example, uh, but I do hope to get to try out some stand-up paddle boarding or kayaking with Kahlil in the future, uh, since he's such a fan of water. And so it's Kira and Kahlil that you've trained to be cat explorers, is that right? Yes. So what made you decide to teach those two over your other cats? Uh, yeah, so out of my five cats, uh, Kira and Kahlil are the only ones who go adventuring outdoors, uh, while the seniors prefer our catio. Uh, them being raised as adventure cats is mostly thanks to Midir, a uh, former independently outdoor cat who I adopted when he was eight years old and with whom I adventured together for the last 13 years of his life. So when three years after his passing, uh, I was searching for a special needs cat, uh, I knew I wanted to explore the outdoors with them starting at a young age, if possible. Uh, and when that special need turned out to be blindness of all things, uh, I was even more certain of my decision because a blind cat uh, can't entertain him or herself uh, by watching birds out the window, for example. Uh, they experience their surroundings by touch, sound, scent and taste, uh, by being present themselves. Uh, so it was clear to me from the beginning that if this cat would want it, uh, she would get to do just that. That's a very good point and reasoning that you've gone through. And you know, I personally, I never thought about it in that way, but it just makes so much sense. <laughs> now, how did you train Kira and Kahlil to go cat exploring? Uh, well, since especially in Kira's case, the winter was fast approaching, uh, I took them outside with me as soon as possible. So about after the first week of them being home. Uh, with Kira, that was uh, 15 minutes of sitting on my lap and just listening to the outdoors at the side of a forest. And with Kahlil, that was exploring the backyard of our apartment complex. Uh, and from there, we've added more time according to how long they want to be outside and went to places they seem to enjoy exploring. And uh, right about now, that's uh, grown to like two or three hours outside every day. 
So do you take them together or do you take them separately? Uh, almost every time I go uh, with both of them. Um, there have been like a couple of uh, times when if it has been like raining and Gira doesn't like rain. So then I'll just take Kahlil with me. So do you find that you need to do anything different because Kira and Kahlil are blind? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, I remember how silent I always uh, tried to be when I was out adventuring with Midir, who had spent eight years outdoors by himself. And at first was honestly a bit annoyed at someone following him and ruining his hunting attempts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> with Kira and Kahlil, I instead make sure that they can hear me in one way or another uh, at all times. Uh, so I'm either talking or stepping on all pine cones and branches and leaf piles on my path, uh, which I'll probably be doing out of habit for the rest of my life. Uh, but yeah, I feel like uh, my presence gives them additional confidence and they do get anxious and call out for me if they don't know where I am. Okay, makes sense. So they want to know that you're nearby and that it reassures them that, you know, that you're around. I must say they probably doesn't do much for their hunting <laughs> with all this noise around them. But it's the trade-off, I suppose, for them. Yeah, well, so far, uh, they've only been hunting like bumblebees. They love bumblebees because they make such a big buzzing sound. Uh, so no bumblebees safe around them. Uh, but no, like, uh, mice, or and they're not at all interested in birds, for example. They just don't mean anything to them. It's a sound on the sky, and that's it. Uh, we did uh well i saw a lizard they didn't uh on one of our adventures uh this spring and both cats instead of being interested about the sound in the bush they hid in the backpack <laughs> and didn't want to go and <laughs> see that so so far just bumblebees oh that's interesting yeah so we've noticed that you go cat exploring off leash sometimes and that we know that there's a thought process that you have around this do you mind explaining it to us uh not at all i assume it's something many people wonder um so the main reason for this is that both kira and kahlil uh, want to stay close to me and make sure themselves that they don't get lost uh, i think sighted cats are more tempted to go exploring alone uh, which these two are not uh, they follow the sound of me and each other and don't try to escape even when they're spooked by something. Um, so if that happens, Kahlil will climb into his backpack and Gira will pancake a few meters away, always slowly enough for me to easily keep up with her. So it's, yeah, it comes down to that temperament that your cats have and this sort of situation that you guys have trust. and the trust as well, so that that's how it works. And that makes a lot of sense. Now... Do you find that Kira and Kahalil have different preferences while cat exploring? Uh, yes, they do a bit. Uh, Kira is more diligent with mapping, so she remembers familiar places and how to maneuver there, whereas Kahalil will go towards things that interest him without much caution <laughs> instead. Uh, so Kahalil loves trees and climbing and water and unobstructed places like beaches where he can run around without bumping into anything. Um, 
he gets visibly uneasy when there's a lot of undergrowth in his way. Uh, for example, where Kira's thing is thickets, uh, the thicker, the better. And she loves exploring overgrown forests and especially the backyard of our apartment complex in the middle of the night because she just knows uh, that backyard like the back of her paw. <laughs> So how do you balance those needs? Because, I mean, with our two Lumos and Noxie, Lumos doesn't really like hikes, neither do I, and Noxie loves hikes. <laughs> so we'll sometimes go to hikes, and then sometimes we'll go to cafes where Lumos is a bit more comfortable with it because he gets all those pats from people. How do you balance the needs between Kira and Kahalil? Well, that's uh, somewhat the same as you do. Uh, I try to... Uh, go for uh, the beach a few times a week and then to the forest a few times a week. So uh, they both get uh, to go where they like being the best. And um, then there's also uh, the beach we go to, there's uh, some bushes there. So Kahlil will be on the sand and Kira will be in the bushes. And in the forest, uh, Kira will be like uh, underneath every tree uh, she can find and Kahlil will stay on the uh, clear path instead so there's something for both so with cat exploring we talked about cat exploring with Kira and Kahlil your two cats have you ever been cat exploring with the rest of the cats and the dogs or some of the dogs or all of them um uh, well, with the uh, cats, I have taken some of the seniors, uh, the boys, Mitra and Mitmit, Mit, uh, with us uh, a couple of times. Uh, but they're a bit skittish of the outdoors, so they mostly just sit <laughs> put and uh, just take in the outdoors or eat grass or something like that. So uh, I don't think they're getting much out of it. And uh, they weigh a ton <laughs> when you're carrying around <laughs> four cats, uh, especially since the boys are big. Kira and Kahlin are both very, very small, uh, but the boys are over four kilos each. So when you put a couple of cats in a backpack, that starts to weigh on you. Um, but with the dogs, uh, I have taken them with the cats a few times. Um, not many either, uh, since my dogs are very high energy and easily excited if they see other dogs or bunnies, especially bunnies, uh, <laughs> for example. And I, I fear that uh, that would scare the cats. Um, and Kahlil was actually a bit terrified by just hearing the dogs outside with him the first time they came along since he had only heard them indoors and then being outdoors made absolutely no sense to him. Uh, but now that we've gone camping together with both the cats and dogs a couple of times, uh, they interact with each other like they do indoors. Uh, so after those camping trips, we have gone on walks together too, and they've gone really well. Uh, the cats will actually follow the footsteps of the dogs too, so I don't have to be the only one producing constant sound, which is nice. It's lovely. You mentioned that you went camping. How did that go? Really well. Uh, I was a bit nervous uh, before we went. Uh, I've been camping with the dogs before and that has always gone really well because they tire themselves out so badly that they're just uh, they're sleeping when I'm letting them inside the tent like instantly. Uh, but I knew that cats would uh, be a bit more energetic, especially during the night. And I wasn't sure if they'd... Uh, 
tire themselves out like that. And uh, one of my concerns was Kahlil, who hadn't uh, done any of his business outdoors <laughs> since being 16 weeks old. Uh, so that was almost a year of not doing anything outside. So, and I wasn't uh, like my tent is so small that I can't fit a uh, uh, litter box there, and I don't think that would be a nice. Um, Combination with yeah with the dogs, <laughs> two two dogs, two cats, and a litter box that that might not end well. Uh, so I didn't want to take one with me. Uh, I do have one in uh, my van, so I could take him there if it was like a really dire situation. But I was hoping uh, he would eventually do something outdoors, which he did the next morning. <laughs> so he did take his time. Um, but and the other thing was that um, up to that point we had al always uh, been outside with them for like three hours at the most, and um, it felt to me like they were, even though they liked being outside, of course, uh, they were somewhat relieved to be indoors as well when we got back home. Like <sighs> we're back in the familiar setting where we know where everything is. Uh, so I was a bit worried that would they be anxious uh, camping because they they'd have to just stay out there. Uh, but that uh, I really shouldn't. Uh, I, I had no reason to in the end because uh, they took to the tent as fast as the dogs did and and really uh, took it as their home base. So uh, if they needed to rest, they would go into the tent and rest and uh, they did uh, sleep they have slept through all the nights too so uh, it has gone way better than I even expected so you mentioned they slept through the night does that mean that they didn't get up to mischievous in the night and keep you up all night no not at all wow no they, yeah they slept through the night like uh, Kahli likes to sleep in his backpack and Kira sleeps uh, inside my sleeping bag because uh, the nights have been really cold uh, up until now. Like right now, there's like plus 20 uh, degrees Celsius. Uh, but when we went camping for the first and second time, it was like plus six degrees outside during night. <laughs> You're really brave. I, I, hate, I hate the cold and that is very cold for me already. Wow. <laughs> and I must say, you're pretty lucky considering that it sounds like everyone got a good night's sleep then. Because yeah. whenever we go to a new place, with Lumos and Noxy in Airbnb or something, like, because it's a new place, they go exploring everywhere. They start running around the middle of the night having their zoomies, and then they'd use our bodies as launching pads to jump off the bed <laughs> and jump onto us. And, and then they climb everywhere and, crawl, and make a lot of noise. It's just, there's not a lot of sleep going on. You know, oh, no. in a new place like that because they're just so excited they just want to explore everything and play with everything but yeah I think you got really lucky there and it really worked yeah. out well for you so Krista we're coming up towards the end of the podcast and before we let you go we're going to go through our final four questions which we go through with all our guests the first one being what is one piece of advice you'd give to new cat explorers um well, I think the best advice is to do what your cat enjoys doing and to explore at your own pace and your cat's pace. Uh, don't compare to others, especially if those are climbing mountains while you're still stuck on your porch with your cat, since the mountain climbing cat didn't start on a mountain either. Uh, 
But since that's advice that so many have given before me as well, I'd like to add something that might help those who struggle with skittish cats. Uh, and that is that if you can, if it's safe where you live, uh, you could try to head out with your cat late in the evening or freakishly early in the morning, since nighttime is when cats usually prefer to do their adventuring. And even blind cats know the difference and are much more relaxed than during the day. That's a really good point and one that I haven't heard of personally. And your other advice, I think, well said. And even if it's been said before, it's you know worth saying again and again because yeah. it's just such great advice. What's been the most entertaining comment someone said to you while you've been out with Kira or Kahalu? Uh, well, since we usually, uh, we're usually cat exploring by ourselves uh, with no other people around, we don't get to hear much more than the oc occasional sigh of adoration for Kahlil, who likes to balance on his backpack as we walk to our car. Uh, so uh, that would have to go as far back as Kahlil's flight home. Uh, when we were uh, waiting by our gate in Cyprus, there was a mom and daughter who approached us as Kahlil was sitting on my lap. And when the girl asked her mom if she could uh, pet the cat, uh, the mom told her that that's probably not possible because, look, the cat is sleeping, even though Kahlil was holding his he head up and was very much fully awake. <laughs> I love the bit about um, people not seeing the best of, well, the, the most adventurous of Kahlil and Kira uh, when you're exploring because and all they see is when, you know, the bit at the end with resting at uh, the, the backpack, which is similar to us, like, you know, because they say, oh, wow, look at that. Look at what the cat can do. And like we're thinking in our heads, that's not even the most impressive thing they can do. Like, you know, if you were with us in that hike we just did, you would have seen so much more impressive stuff. But like, <laughs> yeah. you know, normally no one's around and it's pretty empty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if people were around, like, for example, Noxie would not be doing her impressive stuff anyway. <laughs> Yeah. That's true. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have a pancake, Kira, and uh, Kahlil would be inside the backpack if someone came by. <laughs> yeah, we need a secret hidden camera to film all of it <laughs> yes. without them seeing them doing the impressive stuff. Yes. So, which cat explorers inspire you? Um. Well, I'd like to take this opportunity to uh, give a shout out to some uh, of the inspiring accounts I follow that don't have a following of thousands yet. Um, so there's Tiny the Daredevil, a Norwegian forest cat in Sweden, who's always up to something funny. Uh, and then a few other blind cat explorers uh, like Stevie uh, the Wonderful Blind Cat and Little Tigger Big World. And Jenny the blind cat, who's actually also a blind street cat uh, born in Cyprus. Uh, she's been adopted to London. Great. So we'll put those links in the show notes below. And um, great idea to shout out to some of the lesser known accounts. Now, the final question. What product, service or program has been a game changer for your cats? Well, as far as cat exploring goes, uh, like for so many others, that would be their backpacks. Uh, it's essential that they have a safe place with them where they can retreat to if they need it uh, when we're out and about. Uh, but in general, a game changer for uh, Kira and Kahlil would definitely be their Maclo uh, cat wheel. 
since that is where they can always run knowing there will be no obstacles in their way. Uh, we went with this specific cat wheel because it's completely silent and the running surface is rubber so they won't slip and uh, the back of the wheel is closed uh, so they can use that to position themselves correctly without falling off. And the outer edge is a bit elevated uh, so they'll easily be able to tell where the wheel ends on that side too. And we just couldn't be more happier with our choice. I did want to ask, how did you train them to use the cat wheel? Because most cats who are learning how to use a cat wheel, they chase the red dot, but they can't see the red <laughs> dot, obviously. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, first off, I had a really uh, strict idea of not using treats as, at all because I thought that would uh, make them make them use the wheel only if there were treats available. So uh, I initially thought I would use uh, toys only. But uh, treats worked so much better in the beginning. And uh, at first they would like they would do it that they'd go on the wheel and uh, see if they would get some treats from that. And uh, it would be very hard not to give them something <laughs> for that. So I did. Uh, but they really fell in love with the wheel instantly when we got it. So they were like uh, spontaneously using it by themselves by the next day already. So uh they just really took to it and uh, now they do uh, and well from the beginning too but especially now and especially Kahlil absolutely loves uh, chasing the feather stick on the wheel because that makes a bit of sound so uh, he would follow that stick to the ends of the world. <laughs> Krista it's been so lovely to learn about your kitties today thank you so much for joining us where can we find you Kira and Kahlil online? Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Melenekira. So we'll put those links and all the other links from today's conversation in the show notes. Just go to the episode description on your podcast app and the links will be there. Thank you so much for listening today. This is the last episode for season seven of the Cat Explorer podcast. And what an amazing season it's been. If you love what we do, we would love it if you could support us. You're hearing it here first. You can now join up as a producer to help make Season 8 of the Cat Explorer podcast happen. Just go to catexplorer.co forward slash support. Cat Explorer is a small one and a quarter or less person team. We're not part of a network and we've never taken a wage from Cat Explorer. Everything that goes into Cat Explorer stays there and is used to help you give your cat the world. The best way to support us is by signing up as a Cat Explorer producer, joining the Cat Explorer purse squad, and sharing about the Cat Explorer podcast with your friends, family, and followers on social media. Season 8 will be back in your years in November. We'll be chatting all about training new Cat Explorers, teaching your cat new skills, how to improve the videos you take of your cat, and even all about the wonderful world of pets on social media. But till then, that's it for today. Thank you so much for being a part of the Cat Explorer community. We'll catch you next time. In the meantime, enjoy giving your kitty the world. Music.